0: All right, Shree, welcome. This is awesome evening. I get to hang out with you. I love it. I had a few questions for you, so I'm going to be all over the place, if that's okay. So some questions about work, some questions about not work, and we'll see where it goes. Great. Yeah, Actually, I'm totally excited to be
1: part of this podcast, and uh, I'm glad you took the initiative to get this going for everybody in our cohort. So pretty excited to be here.
0: It's been a lot happening in the world this week. Uh, this is coronavirus week, for when it gets released. Hopefully, we're not we're not all dead. Let's leave coronavirus aside. Can you talk a little bit about the how, how you see as sort of your place in your industry and what are a few trends that you think are interesting um, that people who aren't in the industry should know about?
1: Well, first off. Um... Uh, as you already know, um, I've been in the technology space for quite some time now. <clears throat> and and what I've been focusing in the last couple of years with my uh, with own business and uh, working with uh, a variety of customers um, is that, you know, I'm seeing technology uh, becoming more and more mainstream in a way because, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, technology was more an enabler. And what I am seeing technology becoming right now, um, as as the as not a supportive role but actually leading the uh, business forward. So, so in that sense, I've been working uh, quite closely with uh, a variety of customer problems um, and how uh, technology can actually transform their um, businesses and you know solve their existing problems and give them. And um, edge in 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 their business operations, in their business strategy, in um, in, in the whole in the whole aspects of you know bringing higher, bigger, bigger bottom lines and so on, right? So so I think that is something uh, that people who are not part of technology should take notice of, uh, because you know you know I think people are uh, with all the machine learning AI uh, hype. I would say in the last couple of years, um, there has been a, a significant attention given to technology as a as a driving force uh, for innovation for most of the companies. But uh, I I have seen over and over again that you know people listen to all these buzz, buzzwords and they think they have to apply all of this in their businesses, and unfortunately, many of the uh, Business leaders and businesses are are not really sure how this can be effectively used to better their businesses, right? You you, you know you have seen the advent of Google's the uh, the Ubers, you know all the all the new companies with high valuation are basically product companies, unlike um, the traditional um, companies that are driven with an existing business model and you know started using technology as an enabler. Um, they are really struggling to figure out how to um, how to utilize technology to transform their businesses and i think I think that's a challenging space but uh, you know given that there are challenges you know there is a lot of opportunity there too I think anybody who is not in technology should definitely keep an eye out
0: for that yeah thank you we haven't talked about this but how did you get into technology what made you it was just like this, you do one of three things beta and this is one of them well not
1: really um to be really frank uh, you know growing up in india um, of course a lot of people from india actually did it, like one of those things but uh, for me it was like a completely my upbringing was completely different my, my both my parents are professors my dad was a professor in economics and my mom is a professor in psychology so you know growing up in in a in a home with with two professors as parents, you know I had a, a lot of uh, uh, free hand in what I wanted to become in life. I think early on, you know, till I was in my uh, high school, I was I was thinking of becoming an archaeologist. Uh, that was my passion for the longest time, and so I am uh, big time into history and everything. Related to archaeology, you know, how, how, where do you excavate? You know, I, I, I was super into it till, um, till, uh, till, uh, till I looked up uh, different courses that are available to to pursue uh, for undergraduate, and I realized that, you know, there's really not many places. I wouldn't say there really any place that uh, that really um, catered to what I was looking as. As a career in archaeology, I had to I had to basically travel somewhere else, which was uh, which I think from a financial perspective, was not really that feasible uh, for my parents to support that. So I was like, you know what, too bad. And so now I had to figure out what I wanted to do. So then I, then then uh, one of my friends said, hey, you know what, there is this cool place that people go to to do their engineering. It's called uh, Indian Institute of Technology so you know maybe you should you should work hard and get there right so then i i was probably in my uh, in my 11th grade i think it's uh, it's just an year before uh, before graduation in high school right so so i was i was at that time i was like oh really so uh, you know how cool is that and and i talked with a couple of different folks and everybody said oh my god that's the best place to be you know if you want to study something that's where you go and study uh, then i was like okay um you know so that's basically an engineering school it's a bachelor's in technology so i i was like yeah i want to i want to do that right now um my dad you know silently he 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 thought you know i would be a better doctor than uh than an engineer uh, i don't know why he had that uh he had that gut feeling and he said you know he kind of suggested uh try to nudge me a little bit towards medicine but uh and and this is the this is the um the level of uh, freehand that i had at in making my own decisions career decisions i said i wanted to do engineering i wanted to do engineering at iit and my dad said are you sure he said you know i i he said one day you would make a great doctor i said no i want to do engineering and he said okay so so that that was, that was all the conversation i had with my dad about what career i wanted to pursue so finally you know uh, i studied for an year got into uh, got into iit um, so pursued my engineering there uh, and and then after engineering i was thinking about hey you know what, what what did i what do i what do i do what is really challenging after this right so after after going through school with really um, uh, and uh, and to this day I, I can i can vouch for that that you know i i have been with some of the best minds any anybody could go to school with um I, I i you know that that level of caliber i haven't seen uh, ever again in my life uh, so i'm i'm actually pretty uh, humbled uh, being a part of uh, such a group um you know seeing that level of uh, uh incredible uh, incredibly smart incredibly you know compassionate people incredibly sensitive people i mean you you find all kinds uh, in that in that group in my undergrad, at least you know we had people f- coming from all over the country. So, you know, our common language was English. So the four years in my undergrad, the only way I could speak with another guy was in English. Uh, so so I mean I I was I was totally humbled with that experience, but then but then I was equally excited um, and challenged to be part of that uh, that group through my undergrad. So so uh, that that actually upped my uh, interest in in taking up more and more challenging things in life so then i decided you uh, so know my my dad was an economics professor so he did uh, some mathematical modeling he did some econometric modeling too i i kind of read some of the books that he brought home uh from from his university when i was when i was young so so uh, you know i knew econometrics was 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 a thing right so uh, but then uh, it it so happened that uh, I was talking to one of the professors in my undergrad, and he said, "Hey, you know what? Um, I have I have I have a, a friend of mine who is a professor in the U.S. Uh, un- uh, University of South Florida. He 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 does research in econometrics. Do, do you want to talk to him?" I said, "Sure." So I I talked with him for about uh, forty minutes or so. We scheduled a call. He called me. Um, uh, it was uh it was probably march or april um in the last year of my uh, undergrad he called me and i was at home so he called me home in my uh, uh in india from i am from a town called guntur so he called me at uh, at my home and i i answered the call so he called me like at 10 p.m in the night i think so we talked for about half hour or 40 minutes about what he does and and see you know what my interests are and so on so he was totally impressed and he said, Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I want to offer you a fellowship. So, so you don't need to work. You, I'm going to offer you a fee waiver and, and a scholarship uh, to, to pursue your master's. And if you like it, you can, you can pursue your PhD with me. Right. So that that was his offer. I, I said, sure, um, I'll think about it. And then, and then uh, it so happened that my professor, whom I talked to who actually recommended me to this professor Um, also gave my name to somebody else. And so he was a professor at Berkeley. So uh, probably a week or so later, uh, the the professor at Berkeley found out that, uh, you know, I got a call from this professor from Florida. So he gave me a call too when I was at home. And so he talked to me for an hour or so. And he said, you know what, Um, you know, I didn't apply for Berkeley right so uh, he said you know why don't why don't you get your applications in quickly you know this is this is march right and uh, this is for the fall semester so i was i was i was pretty late I, I was super late uh for the application yeah so so anyway so he he encouraged me to apply so i applied for in the next week or so um and then he 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 got back to me like like in in four or five days after that he wrote me an email saying that hey you know what I get, uh, I got you the, you know, uh, we would definitely get you the admission into Berkeley. But then, uh, he said, you know what, I need to, um, you know, we're, we're so late in the, in the admission cycle that, you know, we can offer, um, you know, fellowship for the, for the, uh, for the first semester, but, uh, you know, we're, we're really late for that. But then, you know, come January, uh, uh, you know, you would, you would have a full fellowship to, uh, pursue your, your master's at Berkeley. Um. So uh, UC Berkeley, I, I definitely wanted to go to UC Berkeley. So, so I went to my dad and said, "Hey, Dad, you know what? Can you, can you, um, can you uh, pay my uh, fees for the uh, for the first uh, first semester?" So my, my dad chuckled and he said, "You know what? Uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, the money to buy your flight ticket, and that's one way." Uh, that's, that's, that's all the best I can, I can make in, uh, in your studies so i said uh, Dad, but i want to go to berkeley right but then he said you know that's it so somehow i decided hey you know what that's not going to work uh, and so i kind i ended up at uh, university of south florida uh, with with my professor so i did my masters in in econometrics right so a long story but uh, you know that's how i ended up doing my masters in econometrics and and I worked at a couple of uh, consulting firms immediately after that in in Florida. So hey, if you if you're hearing, I have I haven't talked a single thing about IT. So I was never into IT till that point, right?
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. I've been I've been waiting for the technology issue to drop, and yeah, and here we are, like very unexpected.
1: Yeah, so, you know, still still, you know, I did a lot of modeling, I did a lot of programming in my in my masters, but hey, you know what? You know, I was I was never. Um, I, I was never even thinking about technology at that time, like like getting into technology or anything. So, uh, I finished my masters, did some consulting work for like a year or two, uh, with, with some firms who had uh, some boutique firms in in Florida. So they had contracts with uh, with uh, Ford. They had contracts with uh, uh, federal federal agencies. Uh, 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 one is, I think. Uh, um, I think National Science Foundation. Uh, they had some contracts, and you know they had a bunch of contracts with state and local governments. So, so basically, what I was doing was I was doing uh, uh, choice modeling, discrete choice modeling. So I was for Ford. The work I did was pretty interesting. So if a Ford a Ford company comes into market with a new model of their cars, right? So one of the things we were trying to figure out was, you know, what are the attributes uh, of the vehicle. Um, that would get ford the highest entry price for the for that uh, for that model in the market so it was it was actually a lot of market research and and modeling it was it was very interesting uh, they wouldn't reveal to us what kind of models they were it was they were like top secret but then we always knew the parameters that are uh, that would uh, uh, that that would uh, uh be measured for the model and compared with the other models so we wouldn't even know that you know we would be we are looking at weights right the weight of a vehicle the space in the vehicle or whatever the dimensions are what are the what are the um, you know features we would never know anything about that all we would know was we would call them feature a feature b feature c, and feature d right we, uh, we didn't know what they were but, but then we used to use that and model, and then, you know, we used to send our model results to uh, to Ford, and they would come back and suggest to us, hey, you know, why don't you, why don't you, uh, you know, use, uh, you know, double the uh, double parameter C, or they would say, hey, you know, can you increase all the parameter Cs by one or 1.5, things like that. So, so basically, they were actually designing the vehicle based off of the results that we were... Um, that we were bringing back to them. So, so it was, it was very interesting work that I did for, uh, for, uh, uh, for, I think it was about two years or two and a half years after graduation, right? So then, then, you know, I was like, I got bored of it, right? I was like, you know, I I tried all the models, you know, I was going well, it was all good, right? But then, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel the uh, feel like I was actually doing any impact, right? So that was that was my uh, big drawback because anything that we did, uh, you know, went through the whole management cycle. And finally, you know, a lot of times things that got approved um, as uh, as the uh, go to uh, go to features or uh, uh, anything would not depend on what we said were were the prevalent uh, or significant factors. It would be typically management decisions, and I, that that kind of killed the fun out of it for me at least uh, so i kind of said hey you know what you know I mean, what what are we doing all this for with with really you know nobody nobody f- following the suggestions or just uh, you know doing whatever they wanted after after our modeling right so um so then i decided hey you know what is the most impactful thing i could do and everybody in the world was was after technology this was after um after the market crash in 2000 um, so you know, I heard about people uh, getting uh, you know just uh, uh, right out of grad school would they would get sign-on bonuses with uh, as a BMW uh, 5 Series and so on. You know, uh, so it was it was it was a pretty uh, pretty crazy market then. But then what I realized is you know technology has become so pervasive that every business was kind of relying on technology. So for me, that I saw was as an opportunity. And I thought, you know what? This seems to be the space where, uh, where the, uh, you know, the market uh, is, is actually still evolving and there is a lot of opportunity to make a significant impact here. So that was really, you know, m- my end game was really, you know, i should do something impactful and and that was that was my real drive and i and and i found that out at that juncture because all my life that was what was actually driving me it was not uh, it was not the uh, i thought I, I i went for the money but really i never went for the money it was it was the more impactful thing was the the better i was i was uh, uh, impressed by it so that 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 i realized at that juncture so then i and i was doing uh, programming for a lot of modeling that i was doing till then so so i was uh, i was looking out for opportunities and then uh, uh, it was interesting my first entry was into uh, <laughs> into uh, discovery communications so discovery communications is the umbrella organization for uh, uh, for all the uh, channels under discovery right so they have 200 plus channels uh, under discovery and they were they were trying to model um, a solution where they could use and reuse their programming assets in the in the time that they have based off of their agreements with the with the production uh, agencies that they worked with so it was it was actually an interesting problem that they were trying to solve but they wanted to build a model around that so so i kind of uh, applied for the job and uh, lo and behold uh, uh, I, w- I was picked and uh, I was called, uh, called in for an interview and I, I got the job in like four days uh, after my application went in. So they really were looking for somebody with my skills. So so that w- that's my first foray into technology. So they, they wanted some modeling skills, but then they wanted to build an application around it too. So I was working with the team. Uh, they, they had some, some of their team was in India and some of their uh, team was in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland at that time, a beautiful building. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun there. So that was my first entry into technology, and then from then on, I, I worked at ton of other industries, like you know, uh, biotech. I worked at Genentech in 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 California. Um, uh, I worked with uh, a consulting company called Cyber in in the Midwest, and this was this was like uh, the first time I actually. Uh, went into fields, right? So uh, they had a project to, you know, with Monsanto. Monsanto was the large um, agricultural company that was that was buying small farmers left, right, and center. So, so I, worked, I worked with them on a project to integrate all the financial systems into Monsanto's financial systems. It was, it was just an amazing experience. Um, you know, I I I I went to uh, I was based out of Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, it's the capital of uh, the state of Missouri, and you know the place is so small. You know, you would actually axle- if you accelerate too fast, you would miss it. It's literally three streets. But but you know, I was just, I was I was the project was based there. But I I, I uh, drove to really remote places. One thing that really uh, stuck me in one of the encounters there was I ha- we had to we had to integrate these uh, these companies that Monsanto buys. And then and then so um, they had their small group of people doing their financials and um, they were so worried that their jobs would be lost. Right. So they didn't know what was going on. So these guys would, uh, you know, the, this one time I was there, um, this lady probably in her, in her 50s. Uh, she 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 cooked a. I mean, I, I was a vegetarian uh, then at that time now So, but she cooked a pot of soup, right? And it was it even cold outside. Uh she cooked a pot of soup, and she said, uh, "You know, I bought the soup for you." You know, so so I mean, they, they were amazingly uh, uh, amazingly generous uh, for uh, for for where they are. You know, I mean, you know, they're really nice people, right? But then they were, you know, it, it was so, it was so touching. This lady comes to me like after, after, our, after my five days of stay there, um, you know, just figuring out what's going on there, their business process and trying to integrate. And the fifth day she comes up to me like, and she says, uh, you know, she says, you know, can you tell your boss that, you know, I can not only do, uh, she, she was, she was doing accounting there. So she, I can not only do um, accounting, like purchasing. But she said, "I can use Excel." You know, it was uh, it was it was very touching for me because you know she was worried that she would lose her job. You know, it was it was uh, it was a very eye opening thing. And Monsanto didn't care didn't care a squad. They they were firing people left, right, and center. They would just they would just integrate the system, and they would just fire everybody there. That that was that was their model, and so so it was it was it was a uh, very uh, interesting experience and you know these people have been working in this in this uh, yeah, in in the place that i went there for for probably you know 15 20 years you know these are small mom and pop farms so so you know I, that that was just an example so so i learned a lot about businesses i learned a lot about people um, and, and and i worked with genentech after that a big biopharma company and then I worked with Intuit, uh, and then uh, the the TurboTax com- company, which makes TurboTax, and and ton of other, uh, other other companies. You know, this gave me a really good perspective about business. And when I moved to DC, um, probably twelve years ago, that's when you know I brought all this experience with me, and then I was using that. Uh, business experience and you know how to leverage technology with my uh, with my current clients. I started my own company about uh eight years now, so it's been going fine so you know so that's that's what uh, that's what I have become you know so long story but that that's how I ended up in technology and you know you know how to use technology for businesses.
0: that's amazing um as you look back at your as your career. What are some of the best mistakes you've made? Um, you know, things that were apparent failures, uh, but things that ultimately set you up for success.
1: When, when, you, when you talk about
0: the best mistakes, I think
1: I, think I, I, um, to be really frank, I, I, I enjoy making mistakes uh, for, for the reason that, you know, there is always a, a, you know, I, I always go forward with a plan. And, you know, 90% of the time, the plan doesn't work. And for good reasons, because I, I, aim, I aim really high. Um, and so a lot of times my plans don't work as I plan them. But uh, but in the process, I, I, I fail left, right, and center. Uh, and that is what, uh, you know, if you ask me what is the best one, I think I, think I, I really enjoy uh, failing. Uh, because that gives me an opportunity to better myself and and basically lead me on a better path than what I had initially um, aimed for. But uh, if you ask me, what's the best one? You know, uh, I would say I don't know. I I did so many. It's it's not even. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. This this probably should be that should be one of the better ones, I would say. And I'm I'm am a significant risk taker uh, in life. Um, I think you know uh, probably I'm I'm immune to risk in so many ways than that I shouldn't be. Um, but but anyway, that's that's what I was, and you know, out of college, I was super risk taking. Uh, in many ways, so so. I got. I was. I got married, and my my wife um um came from India, and so we were living together. And then I realized, you know what, I wanted to um uh you know I wanted to, and th- this was the time when I was talking about when I switched from uh, uh, from doing hardcore modeling to to technology, right? So. So, um, I I decided that, hey, you know what? I wanted to move into technology, right? So, but then I was on my work visa. And, uh, you know, in those days, uh, you know, if you had to, I mean, I think it's the same right now. You had to apply like way, like a couple of months in advance to get your work papers in place um, to get uh, to keep your job and status and stuff like that. Um, So, so I was so, uh, Hell bent on changing my career, uh, that you know, I kind of applied for this job at Discovery Communications two weeks before my uh, my stay in the US ended. Um, I and then I got the job in four days, and I applied to move to discovery i mean for discovery to apply for my visa like the day before my visa ended um, uh, you know the visa would end the next day and discovery discovery picked up my application today and they sent in that night mid uh, i think at 9 p.m or so um you know they they stamped it the same date on the on the application so the so it was it was a pretty close call and everybody said you know you might be really crazy unless unless you want to go back to your home country to india you know if you wanted to stay here you should have planned better right but then but then uh you know i i i, I thought this was something i wanted to pursue and so i took the chance i didn't uh, i got my work visa work we saw uh, done like literally the day before and you know I really didn't know if I would stay or not you know I got the job and everything but if my papers didn't go through I would have gone back to India. So I guess I mean it's not a bad thing to go back to India but then I realized you know um, I had everything going for me at that time. I was I, j- I was just married and you know uh, so so I kind of thought I in for, uh, you know looking back I thought it was it was a pretty crazy move. Um, i i I couldn't have done it right now mm, yeah.
0: what would you say is sort of like the 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 guiding principles behind sort of how you how you make decisions. Do you have like a favorite quote that you go back to or a set of principles that you hold pretty close to your vest?
1: I think a lot of my decisions are um they're not quantitative decisions. Um, my decisions are driven by qualitative aspects mostly. And qualitative aspects being, uh, you know, my level of comfort with doing things and, uh, you know, how people around me or people I know or don't know would be impacted by my decisions, right? So that is really what drives my decisions most of my time, most of the times.
0: That's really interesting. Um, What would you say is sort of an unusual habit or let's say absurd thing that you do that um that that you really love I do a lot of those, but <laughs>
1: uh the the upside thing is uh, your favorite one favorite one favorite yeah you know i i think in line with what i what I said, how I make my decisions, i think you know my actions are all um are um, uh and I, I never realized this was my strength. And I realized this, I, I've been realizing this lately that, you know, um, being empathetic and being compassionate is, is really my strength. And, and you know, a lot of the decisions I make are are based off of that, you know, that as a driving factor, right? So when I, um, you know, this one time I, just an example, this one time I was, you know, some car just to me while I was pulling my uh, car from the uh, from my from the parking space and then you know I, I realized um, the lady who who actually who actually burst into my car and basically dented the whole side you know she she, she didn't have a driver's license she she was an illegal Im- immigrant so she said she pulled out a driver's license and she gave it to me and it it, ex- it was expired in 1994 or something and uh, So I said, you know what, you know, uh, she she said, no, 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 I'll pay for this. Right. So, so, you know, I, I said, sure. Right. So, and you know, um, so, so, and I, I got the quote from whatever the guy, and I, I said, you know, this costs like a thousand bucks. Right. So whatever. So she, she, she said, yeah, yeah, come, come to that place tomorrow and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the money. So I I went there and I, and, I asked for that lady's name, and the guy—it was a hotel. So the guy in the front said, "She said I worked in the hotel there." So the the guy in the front said, "Oh, she's in the back. You can go there, right?" So, so I I go to the back, and she was a dishwasher, right? She said, "She said, yeah, yeah, a thousand bucks, I'll give it to you, right?" So I said, "You know what? This just doesn't make any sense, right?" So, uh, and she had a she had a son whom she was uh, who was with him with her, and so I said, "You know what?" let me give you 500 and, you know, take care of your son. And then I got back and my wife was like, yeah, this is so you, right? So I, I basically fixed my car myself and then I gave her 500. So she, my wife was like, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have uh, pulled your car out of the parking lot at that time. You know, you would not have last the 500. <laughs> so, 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 so. And that that's just an example um, typically of how I make my decisions, right? And it doesn't matter if it's a decisions life or if it doesn't matter if those are career decisions or anything forward, right? At the end of the day, the greatest impact that I was looking for is really the impact on people.
0: That that's such a great story. Um, when you when you go about when you think about places or times that you feel overwhelmed and you feel unfocused. What do you do?
1: You know, you know, you you asked for a quote. You asked my for my favorite quote, I think, and this is probably the right time. I I I actually uh, say that, right? So when I am unfocused, when I am uh, when I am unclear, uh, you know, I you know, there's one thing my dad um, always used to say, right? And uh, and and I think I think probably it's 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 from some biblical words, I think I don't know. I, he, he always used to say, um, "This too shall pass," right? So, uh, you know, when I am jittery, when I am confused, uh, when I am uncertain, I think uh, I think just realizing that uh, you just take a breather, and uh, you know, any difficult situation or a happy situation uh, shall pass, right? So nothing, you know, time time always moves linear, so. Everything passes, so you don't need to be super, uh, uh, you know, uh, excited by by good times, or you know, super depressed by bad times. You know, every, every, you got to take everything in the in the stride. So everything shall pass. So that that's probably the uh, uh, best quote that I remind myself all the time.
0: Hmm. And 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 leading on to there, if uh, and I know we've been jamming for a while, so. Uh, one last question, well, maybe two. Uh, if you were to look at your nightstand, uh, what are what are the books there that you're most interested in reading? I usually don't keep
1: hard books. I I have all my books as uh, soft copies in my computer. But uh, uh, but but I've been le- reading a lot on on strategy, a, a business strategy, right? So but but there's one interesting thing I see. Maybe maybe my view is skewed. But then, uh, you know, anywhere I start, strategy, or you know, uh, you know, I read, I read uh, uh, the, the the huge textbook that Chernev gave for marketing. Anything that I read, you know, you know, everything is converging for me in in the sense that you know everything points to this one aspect, right? Um, being compassionate or being sensitive to the to your customers, to your uh, to your competition, being sensitive to the to the environment, being sensitive to yourself or your organization is all that matters, right? So th- that that um, that I think is is kind of the general theme that I uh, that I am coming forward with. You know, after reading like three or four strategy books <laughs> uh, recently.
0: Yeah. That's very fascinating um, I'd be curious to, to to sort of see what books those are um, maybe we add, a, add another book list um, one last question it's a really depressing place outside right now um, as you look forward to the next two or three years what's the most hopeful thing um, that, that you're thinking about
1: oh the, the most the most hopeful thing that I'm thinking about is... Um, is the opportunity to um, um, and, I, and I and I think it, it it is relevant at any given time, and I've realized this more and more after after being a part of one seventeen uh, and this whole journey uh, with all you wonderful people um, is that you know I am actually looking forward to build. You know, new relationships with new people, knowing new people, understanding their perspectives, um, knowing as many people as possible. I think that is the most exciting aspect for me. You know, um, just looking forward to just knowing people, understanding their perspectives, and 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 just you know incorporating that uh, into my uh, into my whole uh, decision making process. And I, you know, uh, one thing that that my exposure to the 64, 65 wonderful people has, has given me is that, you know, everybody is different, right? But then everybody has a common theme of hopes. Everybody has common theme of aspirations. Everybody is actually more similar than different. And I think, I think that, is the, that is one exciting learning I had from uh, my, my MBA experience. And then, so I think I want to take that forward Uh, in the next year or two, to knowing more people, their perspectives, and hopefully, uh, you know, people are as nice as you all in the cohort.
0: (laughs) Well, here's to hope for that. Yeah, thank you. This this has been so much fun.
1: Yeah, same here, actually. So,